Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, depending on where you are in the world. This is Augie of the Blago Blabber podcast. I'd like to welcome everyone back to yet another episode of the show. Uh, today, I wanted to take a look at the transfer window, uh, more specifically Red Star's transfer window, because in a window that started off rather slow, uh, it really picked up the last, I would in the la- in dying hours of the what I want to call the main transfer window because the window is still open to uh, some of the other leagues. I think they have the window open until I I want to say like February, mid-February. Somewhere from the 10th to the 15th. I don't know exactly off by heart, but the transfer window is still open for some European and international uh, countries. So wanted to start off with some of the departures from Red Star, and then I'll get into some of the arrivals, uh, players that joined the team. So um, the big one, as of right now, is Kostan Nedeljkovic to Aston Villa. Uh, that's been the window, or that's been the main, I would say, transfer the, this window for, for Red Star. We're still yet to hear about Jovan Mijatovic from you know, everything that's been said, the transfer to New York City FC is done. It just hasn't been really announced yet. So we'll wait for that to uh, kind of come through in, in the next uh, few days. So Kostan Adelkovic turned 18 last month, uh, recently signed a contract through 2027, uh, worth 2.5 million euros on transfer market. He's a right back, but by trade but he could play in a right wing back um, position as well. In my opinion, he hasn't played it, but I think that he could because he has the necessary uh, skills to cover both uh, the offensive and the defensive part of that. And he's featured for uh, Serbia at the U17, 18, and U19 levels. So Brock Bacher, uh Red Star's manager who has been fired since, uh, gave him a chance in the preseason uh, tourney in like the exhibition matches that we had in, in, in Russia. And really the rest is history. That's when he established himself at that time as a quality, I would say, alternate right back. Because at the time we thought Alex Vigo was going to be the right back going forward, at least for the first half of the season, because Alex Vigo was only on loan at Red Star. So we didn't know if, if um, the club was going to... Uh, purchase him from from River Plate, but um, and that didn't end up happening. He ended up uh, going back to River Plate. So, um, yeah, so he was supposed to be kind of an alternate right back for Alex Vigo. Instead, Alex Vigo didn't play at all, and that's when Kostanidekic started a lot of the matches for Red Star going forward. We saw some other players at right back as well, but Kostanidekic was the best one. Uh, he ranks 10th on the team in points in the first half of the season, which for a 17-year-old at the time was is, is a huge deal, right? And he's playing a very important position, a position where he has to man-mark some really good players in the in the Champions League and some, honestly, really good players even in the domestic league when you take a look at uh, some of the left-wingers that, that um, uh, do play in the league. So, yeah. Uh, with the lack of a right back position in the national team, he could become pivotal. So him developing as a player could be pivotal for the national team going forward. Not just for not just for Aston Villa, 
not just for Red Star, for the national team. Because there really isn't, we don't have a right back, believe it or not, in the national team. Or at least not someone of the necessary quality that we need going forward. So he could potentially be on his way to sealing up position there. I fully expect him to be on the list um, in March for the friendlies that we do have coming up. And his price would skyrocket even more, just getting a call up to the national team and solidifying himself as the next right back, right? And that I think that's that's kind of that's one of the beefs that a lot of Red Star fans had with with selling Kosanidekuic. Uh, the first and foremost is that he's that he's 18, right? You want to hang on to a, a especially your own product, someone who's come through your academy as long as you possibly can, because he's one of your own. But the fact that he's only 18, the fact that he would solidify himself as the right back for the national team, your your price skyrockets right away. So I think that's why a lot of people wanted Red Star to to hang on to him. So I understand the beef and I'm I'm with a lot of people on that. Um on that train of thought. He's in the Red Star Academy or from their prospects, he's probably the best or the second best prospect. That that depends on where you want to put Jovan Mijatovic, right? I think they're 1A and, and 1B. Uh, and Mijatovic is a center forward, a striker, whatever you want to call him, um, who I'm going to get to later on in this in this piece as well. So they're pretty much 1A and 1B. They're, they're the two prized possessions that a lot of teams were looking at, and now they've both been sold. Uh, so back to Kostanidek, which is around a meter and 84, which is about six feet. Uh, he looks a lot, he looks a lot taller when when you watch him on, on television, he looks like he's six one, six two. But it's a great size for a right back. And I think that's something that's something you can't really control as a human, right? How tall you are. So so the fact that he's got that height to him and he's eighteen, he could still technically grow. Um so he's got great height to him and I think that's I think that's one of the main reasons why a lot of teams have really begun to take notice of him. Uh, it's not just the height, but the fact that he is six feet tall is 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 a bonus for him. Uh, his movement and his crossing is, I think, are his best attributes. So he's offensively, he's always looking to get into open space to where, you know, his players can find him and link up with him. He's always looking for that open space. And that's, I would talk about the match against Manchester City the most. He looked like he wasn't out of his depth at all. There, there's a lot of people. There's a lot of, again, he was 17 year old when he played against Manchester City. But there's a lot of people, a lot of players who would kind of back down to the competition. He didn't at all. He looked forward to the challenge. Uh, he looked like he was there to take part, like he belonged. And I think that's also very important for him. So his crossing as well. Uh, I don't, I don't know that he does it. I don't know what the stats tell us. I don't know if he does it that much. But when he does, it feels like. Every cross that he, you know, puts into the box is is just perfect for for the center forward. So that's something. Those are his great attributes that he can, you know, that he possesses going forward. Uh, defensively, he's sound for the most part. Long strides uh, and his speed allow him to make up ground, even if he does get beat, which is very important for for a defender. So there's not often, especially in, in the domestic league, where he does get beat. Uh, but if he does, again, he's his speed allows him to recover for that, and his long stride helps him massively in that aspect. And that again goes back to his height. Um, 
The one thing I would say is places where he needs to kind of improve is his less ball watching defensively. I think there's times where Red Star has conceded and it's due to kind of his ball watching and not really following his man. So I think that's something that he has to work on. And I think that's something that he'll get with with more experience, with playing in a better uh, league, with playing with better players. That that's the stuff that he's gonna that he's gonna learn and no doubt will improve in his game. I uh, can be slopping with his passing and precision again, playing with better competition, playing with better players. I think he's gonna uh, be able to work on that as well. The, the and the last thing that I love about him is no fear. Uh, him and I would say all the other kids who have come through through the Red Star Academy the last year or two, a lot of them aren't afraid of the big moment. And I pointed to the Manchester uh, City match when he was playing. He just looked like he belonged. There was also the matches against Red Bull, Leipzig, where he looked like he belonged, where Miatovic looked like he belonged. Lucic, Lucic's first touch against Manchester City in, in the first match, he took on Kyle Walker right away. And he beat him off a dribble. Like, there, there's literally no fear in these kids. And I think it's this generation that's coming up now who has had time to play together at the lower ranks for, for Grafichar, who has had, they've had time to play in the youth league, which is like the U19 Champions League. So so they've kind of gone through all of this. They played against the best players from, from the U19 levels. And now they've just taken that confidence and they've brought it to the, to the, um, to the first team. And it, and it really shows. And that's the one thing that I love about all these kids. What's the plan for him in the summer at Aston Villa? I have no idea. Uh, Matty Cash is still there, and Ezri Konsa as well. So they're the they're the kind of the right backs there. Will he go out on loan? Will they go out on loan? Will they get sold? I think that's something that we're gonna, you know, look look down the road and see what's going to happen. But I would hate I would hate for him to get loaned out just because I want to see him play for the first team, and and that's like the only reason. Um, if he does get loaned out, I think the championship level would be okay for him. I think getting loaned out to another Premier League club, if that's an option, would be great as well. Because now you're playing in that competition where you are, where you already are. So I think that'd be great as well. But I would love for him to stay with with um, with Aston Villa next season and get to prove his worth. So that's him. Cousin Ndekovic to Aston Villa for eight million uh, pounds, I believe it is, and fifteen percent of next sale. And I th- there's some money that he can make through bonuses as well. So Cousin Ndekovic to Aston Villa, and obviously he's—I haven't mentioned this—he's going to stay on loan at Red Star until the to, until the end of the season. So that's great for Red Star to have him back. Uh, next transfer: Stefan Mitrovic to Hellas Verona. So he was sold for one point three million euros and twenty percent of next sale. He's worth 3 million euros on transfer market. He's represented Serbia at the international level, so U20 and U21. He could have represented Canada uh, since he did grow up here at the at the um, national league level or the national level, but he chose to represent Serbia. And that was it was a it was it was a in, interesting discussion for I would say probably a year where it dragged on where people didn't know what he was going to do. He didn't know what he was going to do, and then he ultimately uh, decided to represent Serbia. So he sold for 1.3 million euros. The stories that we heard from summer of 2023 was that Verona was interested in him, and so was Hertha Berlin, and they were offering five and five and a half million euros. So now you can see how much the price uh, had dropped on him. 
um, he was just never able to nail down a starting position at Red Star. And I think that's a lot of it, what a lot of it came down to. Uh, he had two goals in last year's Europa League. Coincidentally, both against uh, Ferenc Varos. He scored him in back-to-back matches. Uh, he's predominantly a left winger, but can also play left midfielder, um, right midfielder, and left wing back. So, again, when Brad Bahar got here last summer, he used him as a wing back. And I thought he looked excellent. I didn't even know that he had the defensive characteristics that he did. I was pleasantly surprised because that tournament that, again, that we played in Russia, he mostly played as a as a wing back. Whether it was right wing back or left wing back, he played that position. And I was thoroughly impressed. And I thought this could finally be his calling. This is his position going forward. I wasn't a fan of the three at the back. I'm not a really big fan of wing backs, at least not for this Red Star team. And I thought, perfect, he's nailed down a position, and this is him going forward. Um, sadly, that wasn't the case anymore. I also think Barack Bakar um, didn't help him much with changing of the formation way too much. So not a lot, a lot of this, I mean, not a, not everything is on Stefan Mitrovic in, in, in this aspect. Verona is very weak at left wing back and left, midfield, left midfielder, left winger. So this could be his chance. This could be his real chance to prove his worth. And they're kind of fighting to stay up. Verona plays a bunch of different formations. 3 4 3-5-2 might be able to suit him if he's going to play as, as that wing back. Recently, they've been playing 4-2-3-1 for the most part. I think the last 10 matches have been 4-2-3-1. Where he can play as a left midfielder, left, uh, left wing. It, it's not an issue. Offensively, he can play in any of those left or the right block positions. I, I don't think that's a that's a problem to him. So if it's the 4-2-3-1, left midfielder, left midfield, right midfield, he can he can play both of those. Um he's really good in space with his one-on-one skills, loves taking on defenders, loves the dribble, so that's something that you can kind of look forward to. Can really swing can really swing in a ball from either side of the pitch, which again like Kostin Dedekovic, I wish that he would use a little bit more than he does because he's great at it. So that's something that maybe he can add to his arsenal. Using his move, uh, movement is a serious weapon as well. So like Kostin Dedekovic, likes to get into open space. Uh, he's quick on turns, great finishing, great dribbling. Um, his frame probably needs to strengthen a little bit more. So upper body weight. I think that's maybe one of the reasons why he didn't play as much as he did, especially in the Champions League. Like he's gotta be able to carry themselves against carry himself against some of the better players in the world. And I think that maybe uh Bahar saw that as a weakness. I feel like when he's faced with adversity, he kind of backs down. So Red Star signed a lot of players this past summer, um, with like the Jean Philippe Crasos, with the Olaincas, with some other players, and I think once he saw those guys come into the team, he felt like he almost gave I could be completely wrong, but it's almost like he gave up on his uh, ability to beat him out for a starting position, even though, like I said, he had a great preseason tournament. And I was thoroughly excited to see what he can offer this this season. And then you had also Mirko Ivanich and, and um, Alexander Katai to the fold. There's a lot of there's seven or eight players vying for two or three positions. And I just feel like he's when he's faced with adversity, he just backs down a little bit. Something's gonna have to work on, because if he can't get that part correct, he's gonna lose any positional battle that he ever has on a team. 
something that definitely has to work with. And he just never really nailed down a starting position full-time. And some of that, I think, is due to... I think he played a lot under Stankovic. He played some under um, Milojevic and then Barak Bahar, apart from starting the preseason tournament, it's, it was uh, mostly, if I have to say, like down for him. It was a, it was a down uh, season. So that's kind of something to look forward to. It doesn't really show much emotion, which I'm not, like, I don't really, it's not a huge deal for me. It's great if a player does, but if you don't, then that's okay, that's okay as well. But yeah, um, I'm, I'm actually excited to see what he can do at, at Verona because I think that he can really, if he can play well, he can nail down position and start match in, match out. One thing I'll say about the Serbian national team ahead of the Euro uh, Euros that are taking part this summer, there's a lot of guys who aren't guaranteed spots on the roster. If any player could get uh, three or four months of consistent football together, they can nail down a spot at, at the Euros roster spot. And there's a lot of uncertainty of who starts and, and things like that. And you can honestly start with a good three or four months of, of football at club level. And I also think that's a reason why a lot of Serbian players change clubs this winter. Whether it's on loan or permanent, um, permanent deals, like there's a lot to play for here. There's not a ton of players who have their spots nailed down. So that's just something to keep in the back of your mind as well. Jovan uh, Mijatovic to Citigroup or New York City FC, whatever you want to call it. Uh, 8 million euros plus another 2 million in bonuses plus another 15% on next sale. So a lot to kind of digest there. Uh, 11 goals and 2 assists in 26 matches this season. He scored 3 goals in 2 matches versus Italy's U19. So it was kind of, um, it was almost a friendly tournament where there was uh, 4 teams, you play each team twice. So he scored three goals in Italy and against Italy, and some of them were actually very nice goals. Score scored versus Man City and Young Boys in the UEFA Youth League. So that's the Champions League U19 um, competition, which is big for him. Thirty-six total matches, ten goals and three assists. So it's about a goal or assist every three matches. Uh, played a full ninety minutes only three times. So the um, those stats, like the full 90 that he's only played three times and his stats are that good, uh, just shows you the quality that he has. And I think I messed up the numbers a little bit here because I said total, uh, 36 matches total with 10 goals and three assists. Meanwhile, this season he's played 26 matches, 11 goals and two assists. So I messed something up there. I apologize for that. Uh, three match winners this season. So, so that's something that goes a long way. So he has three match winners for Red Star, and he's a 17-year-old kid, or 18-year-old kid. And he's, he's definitely been the most clutch player, and it feels like he's played the least minutes out of any of the attacking third players. So that's, that's the one thing that I would kind of circle and look at and be like, well, you know, that, that's an important stat right there. With all the experience that they have with the Ivaniches, with the Katais, with the... Krasos, Kangas, all these players, it seems like he's the most clutch player of them all, <clears throat> at least this season. And again, one of the best prospects that Red Star has, he's definitely top two, him or Kostanidek, which you could kind of have them going head-to-head. Andrea Maximo, which is another kid who's coming up, he's only 16, He's gonna people are going to talk about him very soon as well, so 
that's just another kid to kind of keep in the back of your mind. I usually don't like player comparisons unless it really, really stands out. Um, I would say that he resembles Luka Jovic a lot. Um, 5'10", so he's a bit undersized. You would never tell by the way that he plays. Excellent in the air. He's not afraid to mix it up. Has a nose for goal and great strength. So that's that's Luka Jovic when he was at Eintracht Frankfurt. Like, apart from maybe excellent in the air, but all those attributes he has. Um, not afraid to mix it up. He's if he doesn't back down to anyone. If if there's a dirty challenge on him or if he feels like he's getting slighted, he's gonna let the player know. Knows for goal, he just feels like there's a magnet on the ball that just attracts it to to the goal. Like whether he's turning, whether his back is to the goal, whatever the case may be, it just like the ball has this magnet on it that just attracts it to the goal. And he does an excellent job, man. Like some of the stuff that he does for, for an 18 year old. And I've seen Luka Jovic at the club. I've seen Dan Jovic at the club. I've seen a lot of these, these guys who have come in the last 10 years that Red Star has put out. I've seen a lot of them. He's, he's right there with those guys. He's right there with those guys in terms of quality. And I think his strength is the one thing that he, being a little bit undersized, his strength is is probably his best quality or, or something that he definitely had to have 100%. Because you have to separate yourself. How are you going to stand out? Um, his weaknesses, finishing, particularly from close range, believe it or not, he has to do a much better job of that. He'll score incredible goals and then miss from two to five yards out. And we saw that in the Champions League. I think he had some misses in, even in the domestic league, but he had a two or three crucial misses against Red Bull Leipzig. He had one against Manchester City. That's something that he definitely has to work on. And I'm not worried he will he he'll get that correct. Uh he's not very pacey by any stretch of the imagination, so a lot of the things that he has to do, like he has to make up for, for that pace with all the other things that I that I've um, kind of mentioned. And again, going back to not afraid to mix it up, the aggression. So that could be a positive or a negative. Right? He plays the same way whether he's on a card or he's not. Which is, you know, you gotta be able to control that stuff. And that's what that's why I say sometimes it's it's a question of, you know, is it good or is it bad? It's he's a great get for New York City FC, awful sale for for Red Star again, going back to selling young players. Um just 18. He it feels like first of all, he just started coming into his own. That's first and foremost. And I think the second thing is he really he really expressed his desire to stay with Red Star. So it's either guys, young kids want to stay at Red Star and we sell them or they want to go and we keep them. It, it feels like they're never on the same page. So I would have kept him. The question is just how long do you keep a player before you sell him? And going back a number of years... There's been so many transfers where Red Star was getting large sums of money for players. An article, coincidentally, was written either yesterday or, or two days ago on, Mo on Mozart Sport, where they talk about possible transfers that could have happened for large sums of money and players who pretty much left for nothing. 
And there's a lot of players who are rumored to be leaving for, you know, anywhere from five to 10 million euros. And then they left for a million or on a free transfer. Like, and I think that's how the management is starting to look at it. Like we've whiffed on a lot of sales that just never really went through. And is it better to just to get the guaranteed money now versus saying a player is going to be worth this and this much in six months to a year and just kind of banking on him staying healthy? Because injuries happen, man, especially now in football, injuries happen and guys just disappear off the map. Guys were highly touted. So I think that also plays a huge role. And I understand I understand both sides of it because I'm on the side that says don't sell these players. But then in the back of my mind, one injury and, and he could be done. You never, never, never know. So yeah, um, there's been some players who have been sent out on loan. So Kings Kangwa is uh, Kortrijk in Belgium. Kings just couldn't nail down a starting position. I thought when Bahar came that he would become a starter because Bahar knows him from uh, Kings Kangwa played, I believe, in, in tier two of Israeli football, not maybe like three, four seasons ago. And um Bahar was his was his manager so I thought that he would get a chance he didn't he was great last season he just hasn't been able to duplicate that this year he has great matches and he has matches where he's extremely poor and that's something as a footballer that you have to nail down you can have one match you're the best player on the pitch and the next one you're literally the worst one and that's something that he has to, the consistency has to get a lot better. I liked him as a footballer, but I think so many players were vying for that midfield position, like central midfield. He just kind of fell out of the fold. Um, so he's going to be at Kortrijk until the end of this season. I expect him to be sold in the summer. I, I don't I don't see him staying at Red Star. There are rumors that Nottingham Forest were offering 3 million euros for him last summer so it's summer 2023 i think the club should have taken that um unless the club also thought that barack Bahar was going to use him a lot more than he did uh edmonado on loan at Kinish until the end of this season i don't really know what to say this has been a pretty bad transfer he, i don't think he's featured in one match this season apart from the friendly tournament from a guy who was outstanding against Real Madrid to now playing Adanich Kinish about a year and a half after the fact is kind of crazy. Uh, I still kind of do believe him in him, but it's really starting to wind down now. Like if he can nail down a spot at Red Star, maybe a sale would be, a transfer would be the best move. But I mean, you're not going to, there's not much money that you're going to get from him. So yeah, that that's another um, loan that we kind of worked out until the end of the season. Urosh Kabish to Torino. Odor never really, I think we bought him from 800,000 euros from uh, Vojvodina, which is a Red Star rival in the domestic league. Didn't feature much this season at all. A handful of matches. Goes to Torino on loan with an option to buy for 2 million euros, if I'm not mistaken. Great move for him. He might actually get playing time there. Like, he might actually get to show his strengths. He didn't get to show that here. Ivan Juric is, is his is his manager. So Ivan Juric, who already had Nemanja, Radonic there, Ilic, Sergei Milinkovic, Savic's brother Vanya is the goalkeeper. So they've shown, they've expressed an interest in Serbian players. Wish him the best as well because we didn't see anything from him. And maybe some of this isn't all on him, right? Like he's, 
he's just not getting playing time. Um, and I think that the the move to loan him out, I mean, I don't know if they would have loaned him out if if he wasn't guaranteed of some kind of playing time. So I'm, ex- I'm curious to see how well he does. I think if Torino offers the $2 million to to buy him, I think the Red Star will accept. I mean, you paid 900 800k for him, so you're making almost a million. And I think that the club would do that. Uh, arrivals. There's only been, as of right now, one. Uh, Uros Sremcevic from Malos Luchani. So he signs a three-year deal plus one. So he's 17 years old. He can't sign for four years until he turns 18 in, in I believe, April. So he's going to sign a four-year deal in April. Uh, two, two million euro fees, the biggest in Serbian football uh, history. For, uh, like a player going from one domestic team to another. So make what you will of that. Uh, just an interesting stat there. Four goals in 17 matches from Ronald Slučani. Plays the center forward striker role. Represented Serbia at the U15, 16, 17, and 19 levels. The U19, he just started playing for them. Um, and then the U17s, he's kind of a regular at there. Has been a pro footballer for only like six months now. Still only 17 years old. Uh, most of his goals come off nice runs on the far or close posts. So... In terms of his goal scoring, the 4-17, and 17, I wouldn't make too much of that. Uh, he plays for a club where, you know, it's not one of the top clubs, so the the quality of the players isn't that high, even though Mladost, if I'm not mistaken, is in the top 8 this season out of like 16 teams. So the quality isn't all that, but scoring 4 goals in 17 matches isn't isn't that bad. I uh, scored an excellent goal against Red Star, actually, and that's when that's when all the talk started. He kind of went between the two defenders. I believe it was Dragoic and Nazir Jiga, I want to say. It was a beautifully crossed ball, and he just went between the two of them and, and placed the ball into the far post. Excellent headed goal. And that's when all the talk started. Partizan was in- interested. Red Star was interested. And I think he had some clubs from... I think he got a club from Belgium that was also interested in him. And ultimately ends up choosing Red Star. Uh, uses both feet very well, very well, which is a bonus for any player. Uh, has height, great in the air, loves to link up play. So some of this stuff he's expre- he's shown at the youth levels, but not so much at with Mladus Luchani just because of the role that he plays. So hopefully with minutes at Red Star, he's going to be able to show all these strengths for him. Um, I'm not sure... So a lot of people might think, you know, two million being the biggest transfer from one club to another is a ton of pressure. I'm not sure, even with the price tag, because there's a lot of players that we brought in the last year, year and a half, who have a lot more pressure on them. So guys like um, uh, Sharif Ndiaye, who we paid four million for, has a lot of pressure. hasn't really done much. He's had a really good preseason or pre second half of the season tournament where he scored some goals, he has pressure on him for sure. Whoever the center back is that's going to be paired with Dragovic has pressure on him. So whether that's Spike or Jiga, there's pressure there. There's pressure on guys like Jean-Philippe Crasso, who hasn't shown much, even though I think that he's still a quality player. Huang, who's been the biggest purchase in Red Star history, he has pressure on him. Like there's a lot of other guys who have a lot depending on them. And I think... They're just going to overshadow any pressure that that Sremtrich might have. And it's it'll be interesting to see how much he does play. Because I think as of right now, Sharif Ndiaye is going to be the number one center forward. Like, he's the guy who's going to start most of the matches. 
and then Sremcevic is going to get a chance off the bench, I believe, every match that we play. And then it's just going to be a, a, a battle of just who's better, who's in better form, who scores more goals. I don't think that, I think, just because Sharif, just because I think Sharif Ndiaye is the number one striker right now, it doesn't mean that that's how it's going to be at the end of the season. If he's in poor form, Milovic isn't going to push him to start matches. He has Sremcevic on the bench, who he can throw out there, play as a center forward position. He has Jean-Philippe Crasso who could play a center forward role. So I really don't believe that Sharif Ndiaye has nailed this down. I think for now he's he's he is this starting center forward, and that can only be because we haven't seen Sremcevic play for Red Star yet. We don't know how he'd look, things like that, right? There's no chemistry with teammates as of yet. So, yeah, that's something to, to keep an eye on. Um, I think a lot of people will expect him to pick up where Miatovic left off, which I think is fair. I think it's fair. Miatovic is a year older, if I'm not mistaken. But I think it's fair to to kind of Take out take out how many goals Miatovic scored versus Sremcevic. They're still the two best young players, or one of the two best young players in in Red Star's team currently. So I don't think that it's unfair to say that he's going to pick up where where Jon Miatovic left off. Get some. It's and it's and again. Miatovic didn't start a lot of matches. A lot of his stuff was was off the bench. So it's not like Miatovic was full-time starter and he scored 20 goals and things like that. So I think it's fair to say that he can step in and and he's capable of doing what Miatovic did. Because remember, Samsung is going to be playing with better players than he played at Mladus Lutin. And he's going to get more chances. He's going to be put, put in better positions to score goals. We're gonna find out a lot about him in this in this I believe in this last the three months of the season. And that's been the only transfer in really that we've had. There's been Ogin Mimovic from from um OFK OFK Beograd. Um don't know too much about him, so I'm not gonna cover that a lot. Um Swell Young Wu from from the uh Korean League. He's been rumored to be coming to Red Star, there's some issues with the transfer. I think his club wants more money than originally thought. He's a left back, right back, so he kind of slides into that position. Um, Milan Rodic, we don't know. He has some health issues, so we don't know if he's going to be playing much. So, yeah. Um, that's that's just covering some of the transfers for the second half of the season. Uh, big uphill battle, I think. With Partizan now, we're one point behind them in, in the table, so we're going to have to make up some ground. Some of the players that we didn't get a lot from, we're going to have to get a lot from in the second half of the season if we want to make this, um, you know, a battle for first place in the title. So, uh, yeah, that was just a look at some of the, actually all of the transfers that we kind of had this uh, this winter. So I hope you guys enjoy the show. Remember, you can catch this episode on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, CastBox, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Overcast, PocketCast, and Radio Public. Thank you guys for listening, and we'll catch up again down the road.